This is Leadership in Motion with Dr. Israel Molina. Welcome to Leadership in Motion. In this episode, we'll discuss the quest to be a great leader. One of the things that I have noticed since I started my podcast is that more and more, every time that I, I meet people, whether I'm on a job or I'm just talking to folks, there's like, everybody's always looking for knowledge on how to be a good leader. I've gone into so many different places and I always run into people that have books on leadership. You know, leadership this, leadership that, you know, you know, what, what, you know, the one minute manager, if you remember that, that far and stuff, right? You know, it's out there still. Uh, Principle centered leadership. That's a pretty good, pretty good book. And then, so one of the things that I, I noticed is that, wow, you know, leadership is kind of a, a pretty good business if you really wanted to get into it and stuff, right? Because everybody wants to know how to be a better leader. Everybody wants to find out, you know, what it, what does it take to be a good leader? So you see, folks, reading books on Churchill, reading books from you know, maybe JFK, reading books on on General Powell and stuff, reading books from all sorts of people on leadership. And, you know, better I say, that's a pretty big business. That's a pretty good business. And if you're listening to this podcast, Leadership in Motion, right, then you're one of those people that are constantly, constantly looking for information on how to become a good leader. And the more I looked at it, right, and I started doing some reflective thinking about that whole entire concept that everybody is always striving to learn more, always striving to to try to get the insight, you know, trying to figure out how to be a good leader and stuff. You know, I, you know, I find that, you know, I, I've done the same thing over and over and over again myself. Now, when you think about traditionally how people, you know, to do, how people actually learn to be a good leader or try to find out how to be a good leader, the very first thing that they do is they go to school. Well, to be a good, you know, leader, I have to go have an MBA. I have to go to college and and have an MBA because, you know, of course, Master's in Business Administration, you know, automatically, you know, makes you a, a good leader. When not really, not necessarily. Okay, well, maybe you may learn in your management of business administration and MBA, right? Maybe you may learn a little bit about finance operations and marketing and maybe some human resource uh, information, this and that and all that stuff, right? But the, the more I take a look at it, you, you know, you really don't become a good leader don't because you have an MBA. You really don't. But the thing about it is that more and more people go to college, they go to universities, and they go ahead and get their degree. And, you know, for some odd reason, I keep on thinking about the scarecrow in the Wizard of Oz. You know, the scarecrow, it, he needed something 
a piece of paper to actually validate that he had a brain. And I think that's the same thing that people usually do or people actually do that in order to feel that they are a leader, they have leadership skills and this and that, they have to have that paper on the wall. They have to have that diploma. They have to have that certificate or whatever the case may be to validate that they are a leader. And the thing about it is just that that's that's kind of like it's kind of a, a you know a false sense of of you know I'm not sure what you want to do how how do you want to express it but you know you you just because you have a degree in management or in whatever the case may be it doesn't make you a good leader it really doesn't more and more in the organization that I'm in, they always have people that are engineers, you know, get into a position of management. But the thing about it is, is that, sure, this guy has a degree in maybe electrical engineering, mechanical engineering, or whatever engineering that there, that there is. And then so all, all of a sudden, right, when there's a position of management, some type of leadership position, they, they actually promote those people, thinking that because this person, oh, they did four years in college, they got a, a degree in manage in not not management, but I'm talking about engineering or something like that, or even management in some cases, right? Oh, yeah, they're the best qualified person to be a leader within this organization, but the opposite is true. The opposite is true. Just because somebody got a, uh, a degree in mechanical engineering, it doesn't make him a good leader within an organization. But many organizations will go ahead and promote this person thinking that that automatically comes with it when it really doesn't. I met so many engineers, and, and they're great engineers. I'm talking about they can figure out anything. They can go ahead and draw you a blueprint or or do um, whatever it takes, maybe get an AutoCAD and, and create whatever sketches and everything that somebody needs to build something and all that, right? But they have not one clue of how to be a good leader within an organization. They really don't. So what happens is we're always on this quest, on this journey to try to be the best leader possible. So when we don't go to colleges and universities to try to get a diploma or this or that, there's, there's books. <laughs> we always buy books. Books that we feel in our hearts and maybe in our minds is going to fulfill that, that knowledge base that we need to be a good leader. And I'll admit that I have also fallen into this whole entire situation. Uh, but but I, I would also admit that some of the books that I have read, they're they're pretty good. They're they're really not bad at all and stuff. You know the the principle centered leadership books that, that that I read, which is totally awesome. It it really was, and it made me actually focus on things that I find as priority. What's the priorities in my life, and and then so actually to to become a good leader. 
Okay, that's that's cool. That's all good and just that. Uh, and for you old folks that are out there, right, the the one-minute manager, one-minute manager, okay, with one minute you can solve everything in your organization, where it really isn't real. It's not really true and this and that, you know. Um, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. I love that book, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. It helps you actually put things into priority and actually take a look at things, whether they're important or not important and all that stuff, right? And that's that's all fine and good. And I'll be honest, I have spent so much money total total quality management total, total quality management as an airman in the air force i went through airman leadership school i went through nco leadership school i went through senior nco leadership school on it on and on I, I did all of that i bought books over and over and over book you know and the thing about it is is that did it make me a better leader did I become a better leader because I read these books? I, I'm not. I'm not really sure. I really don't think so. It made me think about some of the things that I was taking for granted. Maybe some of the things that I should have been thinking about. Some of the things that I knew. I think it also validated some of the things that I already had in my mind about leadership. Some of the things that were already in my mind. So what happens is, like I said, we go to schools. We buy books to try to be good leaders. We get that degree. We go to seminars. We go to probably places to get certifications. You know, you've seen these little workshops and seminars that are offered all over the place and stuff on leadership oh yeah you come to this three-day course you pay five thousand dollars or six thousand dollars and we'll give you a certificate and it says that yeah you're a certified leader with yada yada and stuff (laughs) but think about it wow okay you spent five thousand dollars and now you got a piece of paper that says that you are a certified leader wow just think about that whole entire concept okay and and it goes back to the wizard of oz thing the scarecrow didn't feel adequate enough until oz actually gave him a diploma well here's that this this diploma and all of a sudden oh yeah he's, he's a great thinker because of his you know he has his a diploma now or certificate or whatever Oz gave him. Oh, yeah, he's a, he's a great thinker. So people go to seminars, workshops. They spend thousands and thousands of dollars to get this piece of paper that certifies that they are a leader, they have leadership skills and, and stuff, right? That, that's just totally amazing. What The level that people will go to to actually feel that they have leadership skills. It's pretty fascinating when you think about it in the long run, you know. And and like I said, you know, I've also fallen into that whole entire thing. I must have read so many books on leadership skills. 
and leadership on what JFK did, Churchill did, and all these other people did and stuff. Kohler and Powell, yada, 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 and all that stuff, right? And did, did, it, make me, did it make me a better leader? I'm, I, I don't know. I may have to go ahead and question whether it did or didn't. Some people also do advanced studies. Advanced studies. Have you ever heard of this title? Uh, so-and-so is a fellow at so-and-so university, or whatever the case may be. What the heck does that mean? I, I, I honestly really don't know. I'll be honest with you. If anybody understands what the heck that means, that so-and-so is a fellow at so-and-so university teaching leadership, yada, yada. Um, I don't honestly... Honestly, I'm sorry to say, I really don't understand what that actually means. I think it means that somebody is being paid to go to a university and teach something within their job or whatever the case may be and stuff, you know. But people pay to go to their seminars, to their lectures, you know, to try to be better leaders and all that. But... One of the things that I have noticed is that they all have the same common theme. They all have the same common theme about being a leader. And I tell you what, I'm going to go ahead and save you thousands of dollars, okay? And trying to save you from actually spending all sorts of money on trying to be a good leader. Because one of the main things that you have to understand to be a great leader, you already know. You honestly already know. And for the most part, you learned it before the age of five. Before the age of five. And one of the best people to learn about being a good leader within an organization, being a good leader, you know, in throughout your whole entire life, or even being a good person throughout your whole entire life, came from the lessons that your mom and dad instilled in you. Great leaders, when you do a survey on characteristics of great leaders, you always find the same thing. Friendly, warm, genuine, be honest, tell the truth. Well, what did our parents always tell us when we went to school? Play nice with the other children. <laughs> Don't hit anybody. And, and the thing about it is, is that that is actually the basis of leadership. And don't be afraid of anybody. Don't be afraid of anybody. Your, your mom and dad will, sometimes will have to tell you, hey, don't, don't be afraid, okay? It's okay. Just go ahead and do this and this and that. And if you think about it, don't be afraid. It goes back to one of our previous episodes of Zen philosophy of leadership. And they actually didn't really call it leadership. They call it Zen warrior. 
you know, and it has nothing to do about, you know, swords and this and that, you know, but a Zen warrior is somebody that basically is not afraid of anything, not afraid of anything. But the thing about it is, is that our parents told us, hey, don't be afraid, go out there, do the best you can. So if you notice all the same things that you would actually get in a seminar, in leadership school, and everything, you actually already know. You know to, pe to treat people with dignity and respect. You know to be nice to people. You know not to call people names. You know not to, not to be you know, bad with people. All that stuff is basically, it's leadership, and you, you already knew it. So if you actually think that, oh, yes, i got to go to school, right, you know, to some university. I have to go ahead and pay thousands of dollars to some university to learn to be a good leader. No. If you want to learn to be a good leader, go, go ahead and talk to mom. Talk to dad. Because let me tell you, there is a wealth of knowledge and wisdom there. You know, I, I uh, spoke recently to this one lady and she was telling me about advice that her grandmother gave her. And we were talking about change. How, you know, we have to, there's lots, so many changes in business and in our environment and everything, you know, um, throughout and stuff. And she told me that her grandmother told her, and she called her um, Grammy, told her that sometimes... The whole entire the whole entire forest has to burn down to the ground for it to come back, for it to come back bigger and stronger. The whole entire forest, and we're talking about changes. And sometimes you have to, you know, some changes has to go ahead and, and break down everything, and, and eventually, and think about it. That's that's awesome to think about a leadership concept. And when you're a change agent within an organization, you know, you may have to see the whole entire organization, you know, okay, we're going to have to take this apart and rebuild it better than ever before. So she learned that concept from her grandmother. And her grandmother never went to college. In fact, she had limited school education. And I'm not talking about high school either. She already knew this. So what I'm saying is that you don't have to go to college to be a good leader. Think about all the things that your mom, your dad taught you growing up. Think about all the things that you know in your heart that is good. Know in your heart that is right. You know it's not right to yell and scream at people. You know it's not right to humiliate people. You know it's not right to talk down to people. Your mom already taught you that. And that is the essence of being a good leader. Don't be afraid of anybody. Don't be afraid of that, that person who's trying to bully you. And that's Zen philosophy right there. So... If you really start thinking about all these different, you know, books and colleges, universities, seminars, and everything that's trying to teach you, 
leadership, look into your heart. Because true leadership comes from your heart. Because if you believe that you shouldn't treat people bad, then you're going to treat people nice. If you believe that that you're going to get more out of people when you treat them with dignity and respect, then that's what you're going to that's what you're going to project, and people are going to see that, and they're going to outperform any, anybody. So what I'm trying to say is that, sure, I spent <laughs> thousands of dollars in college and universities, and hundreds of dollars in books to learn something that I already learned. And that is to treat people with dignity, respect. And that's how good leaders, great leaders, actually get people to do absolutely anything. It really does. So when you take a look at, you know, JFK as a leader, it was his, it's mostly his charm because he treated people with dignity. If you, if you ever notice, right, when you take a look at some of the photographs of the 60s, and you take a look at some of the photographs of JFK, every time he's he was talking to people, what's the very first thing that comes to, to, you know, to your mind when you see some of the images of JFK when he's talking and having a dialogue with people? It's his smile. His smile, his charisma comes through. And the way he talks to people with dignity and made people feel so important made people feel good about themselves and it didn't matter what JFK you know proposed to do it was that that he actually he challenged us in a way that made us feel good about ourselves yeah we're going to put a man on the moon before the end of this decade because he's challenging us and he's making us feel good so that we can reach into the best of us to be the best that we can be, that we can actually do this and stuff, right? Because let me tell you, if somebody told us and was yelling at us that we're going to do this, yada, 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 hey, you know, you're going to... Well, we would have probably never done that. We would probably never have been able to get to the moon. But because of the way he talked to people. And that's something, again, that's something that was taught to us as kids. As kids. So you don't have to spend thousands of dollars to learn to be a good leader. All you have to do is reach back into the, the values, the principles that your family gave you growing up. And actually project that to people around you. So the quest for leadership skills and leadership is is something that we already know. It's just something that we have to use. Something that will actually help us to move forward. So that's something that you know we, we have to have to look at. Do some serious reflective thinking about every all the lessons that, that mom, dad taught us growing up. I grew up well without a dad. I grew up without a dad. I'm not sure if I mentioned this. Um, as a child, 
I grew up with, without a dad. I, I don't think I like I said. I don't think I mentioned this in, in any of my previous episodes. And um, so, without a dad, I, one of the things that I really kind of depended on was television. And sure, you know, we can always talk about the boob tube generation, and and that's really what it was, you know, growing up and when I was a kid in the '60s, growing up, uh, that you know, it was just. TV programs and we call it programming and and whatever the case may be and that's a different story here and there. But the thing about it is, is that there were some shows that that actually had a major impact on me growing up. And one of the things that I remember growing up was watching the television show, the Andy Griffith Griffith show. Now, Andy Griffith Show, if, if you folks have ever seen the, yep, the, the show, and I, it's on reruns all over the place, you know, and if you guys grew up with Andy and Barney and Gomer and, and Floyd and, of course, Otis and <laughs> somebody the other day, right, you know, say, hey, wait up, wait up, Andy's single, um, and Floyd is single, and Howard is single, and the only one that's not single is Otis, and he's the town drunk. But that's something, that's another story, okay? You know, why he's a town drunk. He's the only one that's married in the show. But nothing to say. I'm not saying nothing wrong about marriage. But the thing about it is that the Andy Griffin show, one of the things about that show growing up as a child in the 60s, and I grew up without a child. I mean, I'm sorry. I grew up without a father or a father image in my life. I actually, I would say that Andy Griffin, Griffith, was my a virtual father. Because every week when I saw a different episode and Andy is teaching Opie a new lesson, a new lesson about life, you know, it was sort of like he was teaching me something. It was sort of like I was going through, you know, you know, some the same episode that Opie was going through. I remember one time, right, I was watching this episode, and Opie, I guess he just got a slingshot. He got a slingshot, and he was so so excited about it, right? And so he's taking taking a slingshot, and he's you know shooting rocks with it, and then so um, he takes the slingshot and he aims at a bird. And he takes out this bird that's on this tree, on, on, on a nest, and basically kills the bird. And not knowing that there was three little, you know, I'm not sure what you call the, the birds, but little chicks, you know, in the nest. And Andy told Opie that... The, the babies are, are, are going to starve and they're going to die because you killed their mother. And wow, if you really think about it, right? Oh, my God, what a kind of a guilt trip Opie went through that Jesus, he killed his mother bird and the little birds are in the nest and they're, they're going to die now because of something, some, some, you know, well, sure, it was a mistake, Maybe it wasn't a mistake, you know, because he aimed at the bird and he shot this bird down and, and killed the, the mother, the mother bird. And 
I guess Andy made him bring down the nest, or, or Opie brought down the nest, and for the next few weeks or so, he actually fed the, the little birds until they were able to fly on their own. So Opie learned a lesson of life. Opie learned that what he did had consequences. The, the, what he did killing the mother bird had consequences. That he hurt and actually killed the mother. So he had the responsibility to raise this bird, the, the little birds. And I thought to myself, as growing up as a kid, never do harm to anybody. Never do harm to, to absolutely anybody. Live and let live. So as I grew up as a kid, I've learned so many lessons, life lessons, through that TV show. TV shows today really don't really leave a lot of uh, moral lessons. Um, they really don't have a moral compass, you know. Uh, they, they, they really don't, as much as shows from the 60s. They actually try to teach morals and values, principles. And I, I, I really enjoy those shows. And if, and if you ever get a chance to take a look at, take a look at a few episodes and take a look at you know how it was way back then. It's a little bit more simpler times. But the thing about it is that they basically created a foundation for your morals and values, which creates great leaders within an organization. Because <laughs> seriously, honestly, you don't have to spend thousands of dollars to learn to be a, you know, a good leader. Take a look at some of the, even like some of those TV programs from the 60s and, and, and find out and, and take a look at how principle-centered leadership is really all about. It's about if you do everything that is in alignment with your values, your principles, your beliefs, then you're going to be a great leader. You're going to be an awesome leader. You really will be. Well, anyway, this is my um, the end of this episode. I'd like to thank you very much for listening to my podcast. My uh, email is leadershipinmotion036 at gmail.com. And I really hope that you, you like the show. And, you know, like I said, go out and explore different things, okay? You don't have to spend a lot of money to be a, a great leader. Just open your eyes and, and think about the things and the values and the principles that your, your mom gave you growing up. Because let me tell you, th those are more valuable, more, more lessons that, you know, you're never going to find in a book. But it's going to make you a great leader. It really will be. I'd like to invite you to check out our um, Patreon page. Our Patreon page is basically designed for us to create an outreach program for, um, to create training programs for our community, to reach out to, to the youth in our community. And I hope that you guys um, can donate. Uh, please do a, a review, do a like, subscribe, do whatever you can. I really ap appreciate any and all support. Thank you. And as always, take the lead today for a better tomorrow. This has been Leadership in Motion with Dr. Israel Molina. Please subscribe to our podcast.